<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. G'day, everybody. I'm Conrad Francis. Welcome to another episode of the Simple Minds Podcast. I'm joined today with, uh, in the room with uh, Jacob Moffat. Hey, Conrad. Matt J. Hannum. Good, look away. good afternoon. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, caught that. And uh, Justin J.B. Bourne. Uh, Travis is still Bourne. away. Travis is still away. Climbing mountains in Nepal or something probably. <laughs> or uh, Sydney. Maybe. Sydney, Sydney or Australia. Paul, Sydney, same, same. Yeah. Um, to introduce the drink, um, it's I've, I'm not a real fan of organic wines. I have I, I really I really am not a fan of organic wines. However, I have had one that I don't mind, um, and it, it's coming from um, the Paronga Ups down south in Western Australia. It's called the, the Mont Falcon Vineyard, and it's their Is Cabernet Sangiovese. I don't know how you say it, mate. <laughs> English Fal- is a second, second language to me. It says on the back how to pronounce it. Say your Say your vase. I don't think many Australians would pull that off. Montfalcon, we're about to try it. We'll give you a rating. Hopefully it's good. No, I have drunk it before. It is good. <laughs> don't bring your trash to the podcast. Ooh. It's the only place I can empty it. <laughs> Can't even open this. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, gentlemen, the topic we're talking about today uh, stems from an article I read in the New York Times. I actually haven't read the book, um, funnily enough, um, but I've read. I've, I have read se- uh, several summaries of the book, um, so I'm now an expert on it. <laughs> I've read yeah. several summaries So you've read about as much as the book in the first place And I've watched a couple of videos um, So you're now a thought leader and <laughs> Yeah well It's an unorthodox I'm, I'm way of your book <laughs> No, uh, yeah, so I have read, uh, read the New York Times article uh, The book's called What is the book called again? <laughs> Sorry, I had it here The book's called The Road to Character by David Brooks um, and the, the he brings up in the in the in the book uh, something that he calls the moral bucket list, uh, and it's important it, by his definition of the word. It's it's an important part to understand, uh, particularly if you're trying to live your best life and and get um, your life, I guess, more aligned. Um, prefacing this, the the lads here are all in great relationships. Um, two of the lads, inc- uh, excluding Travis, but you know he's recently a dad, um, have become fathers again, running very, very busy businesses, successful businesses, and, and trying their hardest to align all their endeavours and meet the requirements of their, their growing families. And so I, personally, I witness the challenges that they're going through um, because I believe sometimes we see work and life as uh, somewhat in opposing force. Um, I did, I did too at some stage of my life and it's probably led me to a couple of failed relationships um, and some challenging relationships at some times with my daughter. Um, and it wasn't until I understood um, some of these aspects that will introduce and, uh, and pretty much flip what I did on its head. I'm still doing the same thing, but I flipped my focus um, 
and that that coincided with the loss of my father and me reprioritizing my my um, priorities in life. Um, that I guess the success I was chasing has now, you know, become within reach, and, and I'm swimming in it the way I would like to before. But it was just I had my my um, moral bucket list by the by the term, or my virtues all out of out of whack. Um, and so in our conversations, gents, you know, we always talk about it. You know, I try and give you guys some tips to try and avoid the pitfalls. I know it's bloody difficult. Um, it's not meant to be easy, but we have really got to delve into ourselves to reorganise our own internal architecture to then help us build and become strong enough to go out and tackle the rest of the world. And so I'm going to play or introduce a piece of, um, of video or overlay audio um, that's a quick synopsis of the book. Um, it's on. We're, we're lifting it off YouTube. David, um, we'll reach out to you and uh, and thank you for it. Um, but yeah, just to put everybody in the, in the in the same page, so you can get the best out of this. We'll drop that in now. Several summers ago, I drove home from work one evening and pulled into our driveway where I could see into the backyard. My three kids, who were then young, were playing with one of those big rubber balls, kicking it up in the air and chasing it to where it would land. The sun was shining through the trees, the ball was arcing and curving, they were laughing and leaping. I looked at them, overwhelmed with gratitude. We've all had moments like this, when time is suspended, reality spills outside the normal boundaries, and a deeper joy is experienced. Those moments remind you what's important, reveal a higher joy, and expose what's deep inside. Those moments reminded me that some deep moral and emotional part of myself was not as developed as I'd like it to be. The way I later thought about it is this. There are two sets of virtues, the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues. The resume virtues are the ones you bring to the marketplace and make you good at your job. The eulogy virtues are the ones they use to describe you after you're gone, whether you were brave and honest, capable of deep love. We all know the eulogy virtues are more important, but most of us, me certainly, spent more time working on the resume ones. My interest in this led me to spend the next several years looking at people who led rich inner lives who started out suffering and disorganized and turned themselves into something stable, constant, and impressive. I looked at the different ways those people took the journey from shallowness to depth, selfishness to love, disorganization to character. I'm not sure I can live out their journey, but I wanted to know what it looks like. The trait they had above all others was humility. Humility is not thinking lowly of yourself. It's having a radical honesty about yourself can't address your own weaknesses on your own. We all need assistance from outside. And so I found that the people I admire most know you have to give to receive. You have to surrender yourself to get strength within yourself. You have to conquer your desires to get what you want. In order to fulfill yourself, sometimes you have to forget yourself. So gentlemen, we've just watched that video um, given the introduction and, and, the, and the stuff that I've, I've shared with you, I'll, I'll put two quotes to you. Um, well, I'll, I'll put you a synopsis that was on um, supersummary.com. Brooks argues that achieving professional and material success can leave us with no moral vocabulary, allowing us to settle into a life where we are self-impressed with our inch- achievements but no moral quality. He described how often we judge our character on a curve, lowering our standards until simply not actively hurting anyone, becomes a passing moral grade. Brooks contends that people who live like this become aware of a deepening chasm chasm, chasm, between the person they imagine themselves to be 
in their true moral character, leading to unhappiness and discontent, often exacerbated when they meet someone with that inner light who makes the contrast stark. And like I said to you, this has been my battle for a large part of my life. I've, I've been very aspirational, um, and I did have my life way out of whack for a long time. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you that uh, you know, it's because I came from not having a lot um, and I started to value material things, um, and I get that, you know, as much as I tried to rephrase it or reframe it, the truth was that's what it was. I was after material success because that, to me, is what defines successful people. And I burned relationships along the way. And I still, I was still managing a challenging one with my daughter, but, you know, I love her and she knows that. Um, and she's a 19-year-old kid, so we'll, uh, we'll continue to work on that. But relationships are important, um, and so is success. I mean, because there's nothing wrong with success, but it's how you get there and, and what are you prepared to compromise. Um, he brings up the word virtue, so I might as well just define the, the word for you guys now so that we've got that defined. Virtue is behaviour showing high moral standards. So, yes, interchangeable with morals to a certain level, Jacob. Yep. Gentlemen, from what you've read, from the video you've watched, um, from the lives you're living at the moment, how did uh, how does this article sit with you guys? I liked it. I liked the, the idea that it's not, that morals are not something that you're strictly born with. It's something you learn and pursue over time and therefore it's something that's, like if you have a growth mindset, then you know that this is something that isn't ingrained. It's something that we can learn, develop and correct, I guess, and, and grow over time. You know, it's something that's not something that happens overnight, but it's a lifetime body of work to become the, the man or woman that you kind of want to be. Um, and also, it's something that can be undone much more quickly than it can be grown. So... I know like reputation is not too different to like it's who people perceive you to be um, and that's something that can be easily undone. Um, so pursuing to be a moral person um, is something that, that, that I like to focus strongly on myself. Um, so this article definitely resonated with me. Matt? Yeah, look, I see, I think one of the challenges, well, I think often we and as sort of standard human nature want to just do generally good. I'm going to, no, I'm going to make this real for you right now. Yeah. All right. Let me j j no, just, just so you can go where I want you to go. Not where you want to go. <laughs> Before we started podcasting, you had a phone call from Tash. Yeah. Okay. And she's, she's struggling with a few things at home with the, with the young sick Nick, mm -hmm. St. Nick. Um, that's, that's a conflict, right? Mm-hmm. That's, and that's what I'm trying to trying to show that that's what you're that's what you're dealing with from time to time. I, mean, I know we all are from yeah, yeah, changes. exactly. Well, and to that point, um, so we've we've got a half day, you know, with this pre-planned podcasting. It's um, there's six to eight people who it impacts directly, um, and many other schedules and activities along the way. And I need to honour the fact that I'm here. Um, and on the side, I've been communicating, just making sure that everything's okay. And if something was to accelerate or move to a point that it wasn't manageable and I would I would put that forward as my key priority um, being my my family um, but unless it hits a particular point um, then my my purpose and what I'm doing and what I've committed to will take take precedence but um, especially with illness or other things it once it hits a point that becomes yeah, what I consider serious or, or reasonable that I move on, I'll move on. And they're the kinds of decisions that have to be made all the time. So what I was 
which it does feed into where I was going in a sense. But what generally we like to do good, and we are, and when we feel good, we do good. But what happens is we we get caught by challenge by life. So it's pretty easy for most of us to conceive that hey, we might just go to the gym three or four times a week and keep ourselves pretty fit. Now it sounds easy if that was let's say the only thing you had to do. But then you pack on top, say, a family, and then you pack on top um, some some podcasting, and then you pack on top the need to run your business, and then you pack on top this and that. I feel like the constant battle um, is one very similar So, or to, to this guy. So if you've ever been to a fair, I don't know, some whatever they want to call it these days, but have you ever seen the guy that's trying to spin, work. spin the plates on top of a yeah, – That uh, happens in my office. Yeah. <laughs> So there's the guy's there and he'll try and put three or four spinning plates up and gets a few up and then he has to run back and turn them all and turn them all. And after maybe five minutes, you the whole crowd's watching this guy and he's got six plates spinning up on top. And I, that's how I sort of view, view life. It's learning how to stay stoic to an extent, stay measured and control the chaos. It's easy to do when there's only one plate. But as you add more and more plates and more and more activities and more and more responsibilities in your life, I think that's where the challenges come in. And for me, that's where, as you've said, life, work and or um, business plus family is all the same thing and it's learning to prioritise and and to be able to be responsible and and take your morals through to every situation that's approaching you at all times. Before I bring you in, Justin, I just want to because I want to get through a few points, but I'll get you to talk to this point in particular. Um, he goes through within the book and talks about several parts to, to allow us to understand what he's talking about when he comes to moral bucket, bucket list. And he talks about the point of humility or what he calls the humility shift that allows you to then start to conceive the, the inner conversation that needs to start to happen. And what, uh, and, and what he means by that, it's the acknowledgement that society encourages us to be self-centred and pleased with ourselves, he mentioned social media's spotlight on the individual and the non-stop encouragement from parents and teachers. However, he argues that the, the truly good people he has met have a deep, honest understanding of their own flaws, leading them leading to profound humility. Justin, <laughs> <laughs> jeez, where do I go from there? Um, so is there two parts to this? How I received the article, and yeah, then both, yeah. based on I just want to build. I just want to build through these key points. <laughs> build, build up, build it up. Um, look on on the with the humility piece, um, and I guess the the looking inwards piece. Um, overall, this article similarly resonated a lot with what's happened over like the last six twelve months. More recently, there's probably been a heightened awareness. Some of the same themes that you've referenced, Matt, and we've had. Um, similar conversations as well about looking inwards and and acknowledging your shadows and your flaws to be able to acknowledge them and work work through it we've talked about in a couple podcasts even here uh, recently like the big episode we had with you jacob um as well and that it, it is a process and a journey um and a lot of people don't want to be vulnerable. It's tough. Like going, I guess on the other side of the challenges, you get 
the virtues or the traits you, you know that are worthy to yeah. have because they're not easy to obtain because having that humility looking at your shadows reaching out for help um having that mindset of being of service um as well all of these things are kind of the price you pay to have those positive virtues um they don't they don't just get given to you um you kind of have to work for them work at them um and it might take a lifetime yeah Yeah, and it might take a, a, a lifetime and each massive challenge gives you kind of like i guess like when you go in the gym it just gives you that one extra fiber uh to to your being and 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 um it's all about going inwards and we just don't like to we just don't want to um it's scary man it is scary scary because the the you 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 run away from it you are running away from the light to hide in the dark yeah and i think the interesting piece with the video was which we've talked about before is the eulogy virtues um and yeah so not the resume virtues which is an aspect you taught the resume virtues being the achievement virtues yeah the eulogy virtues being the ones that you get through the acts of service for others and we've talked about writing your own eulogy as well and kind of having that end point um in mind and it's it's a continual daily practice yeah. it's it's not something that you just having the awareness of these things is a whole nother game altogether so um, I, I've definitely had to have, have, have had to had a big lesson in humility, I think this year, it's probably been the biggest wake up, um, for me and, uh, just reaching out for, for, for help. And it's like you touched on Jacob, these things are learnt. Um, I, I think, yeah, they and, are. and you need the right mentors, the right coaches around you, the right influence, the right network. Um, because like and similar to what you said matt as well i do believe everyone has the intention to be to be good but there's so many layers and so many things that throw on and people are under all these stresses and like even if someone reacts like a, a dick or an asshole to you you don't actually know what they're going through they might have just received you know terrible news they might be going through something hard and and there's that sense of yeah. working on yourself to have that self-love and reassurance that um you know, we have to be tolerant that they might not have done the same work, right? Correct. Yeah, because so you, you might have been in a similar state, but you've been able to manage through it. Jeff, can I just introduce another part to this and just build on this topic? Of course, just to get get through it. Thank you, Matt Johanna. <laughs> I value your input, but I want to, I want to get more out of you. Self defeat is Brooks' concept of self confrontation, battling our core sin instead of simply and selfishly celebrating it as part of our identity. He offers the example of President. Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was an American president for that, for those people that don't know, particularly our listeners in Mongolia, um, who knowing he had a terrible temper, used many tricks and techniques to overcome and control it. So you talk about going to your dark side, uh, JB. You know, obviously that's where um, Dwight he went to. He was an angry man set in, and obviously set the framework up for himself, you know, the structures for himself to deal with his own internal chaos. Um, and I've done equally similar things. You know, I've set structures up that will stop me from falling into what I know what my, my uglier traits are. Um, you know, what are you guys doing for those types of things? I think the idea of, yeah, self-competition versus external... Self-confrontation. Self- <laughs> Did I misread that? <laughs> self-confrontation. Okay. 
I misread, misread that. <laughs> well, anyway, while Jacob's uh, recalibrating on that, um, I had a big awakening um, this year of acknowledging some of my flaws. When you're a business owner, you don't have a have a boss, and so something that I lacked, uh, was struggling with, was uh, account self accountability. Um, and so we implemented a, a board um, where I meet once a month and I have to essentially report on the, the, the key metrics. And um, that has forced me to take action in a lot of areas that I would just put off for, for so long because there was no need for it. So it's kind of – that was one example of acknowledging um, a floor and building a structure that enables me to keep moving forward. And um, more of recent, I've come across a few more of, of my own um, – flaws and I'm probably in the process of looking how to build certain systems or structures to compensate or uh good word compensate um yeah, uh, yeah help build we talked about it. this yesterday actually remember we were talking about you know the, the structure that collapses versus one that get that stands strong yeah you got to do the work inside to keep the walls up well that's just to roll back to the other point because I think it's really relevant to a lot of people um in the business game as well and and even if you're not in the business game, the you, you're typically driven and you want to go do something and you go and start this business and you think that you can sort of then transcend your your boss or your management, etc. And that, you know, you, you, I mean, at the deep core, um, our masculinity sort of creates a position where we're chasing freedom, right? And to chase freedom, in a sense, that's like this feeling of being your own boss. You go and do this thing. But the truth is, you <laughs> need your own fucking slave. discipline. <laughs> and if you can't be di- – well, and, and you probably did run the discipline. Let's like, for example, I was a great employee, largely, when I was an employee. But it would – I would – yeah. Eventually, I can say the same thing. I would blow myself up. But right? if you were an employee now, you'd probably fire yourself. Fire. No, no, no. I, I, I am. I have been able, and so I've been. I went self-employed, sold a business. I went back and was employed for a period of time, um, and I, I then was starting another business. And I to got, I got to the point where I was in a, I was in an airport. I was in where was I? I was in Auckland. And I got a phone call from my former boss that couldn't believe the the body of work that I'd done since I resigned to do this handover. He, he, he couldn't understand that. Um, he was like, well, I, I just don't get it. Why are you leaving and why would you have done that? Because I wanted to leave in that way. But So I'm, I was an exceptional employee when I had that stick. But as soon as I then had to jump in and be my own boss – I worked incredibly hard, but was I doing the right thing at the right time? And all no. So you've got to take yourself to this other level of discipline. So what's one thing? What's one thing that you've done to to help keep keep you stronger on your pursuit of what you're chasing at the moment? What's one thing that you, I've like done? Said, I mean, self confrontation, battling our course in. What do you what What are you prepared to share that you're doing to allow your walls not to fall? While Matt has a, a think for a moment, there's one that one for me has always been this idea of, I guess, jealousy. And that's something I'm really confronting at the moment internally is that... FOMO or jealousy? Uh, FOMO as well. I think it could be a combination of both. Uh, specific example, when, say, a team member leaves your business and goes on and starts something themselves that's kind of competitive or comparable to what you've been doing. There's the aspect of you that goes, well, now they're competition. You've got to you focus on what they're doing. You're a bit jealous that maybe they're doing things differently or they got this fresh start or whatever. But the self-confrontation is going, well, 
any energy I put into focusing on what they're doing and how they're doing it is not improving me. Mm. It's not making me better. So for me at the moment, all the journaling I'm doing, all the reflecting I'm doing, all the introspection I'm doing is saying, well, any energy I put out into the world that's focusing on what other people are doing, it's not making me better. It's not making me any closer to my goals or my vision. It's a distraction. It's not helping me serve my community better. It's a distraction. And it's not something I should put any energy towards. So for me at the moment, the self-defeat is, or the self, the confrontation is going, I need to look at my darkness, look at the weaknesses I've got, look at the things that I want to improve in myself, not get distracted by what other people are doing and do the work on me. Yeah, and the, and the question is, why are you jealous? Okay, because in essence, leadership is creating other leaders. If they believe they've got the capability, it's because you've given them the opportunity. Yeah, and I... An aspect of that that came up in a from an ego perspective is looking at what they've built and going. I've to a degree I've created that yeah. I've 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 set up the system I've allowed that to happen and you give yourself the pat on the back but then I still reflect back in and go well that's still me patting myself on the back and saying well I've created this that's thing. Okay, that's okay yeah and then going back on going how do I make me better that's yeah. what I'm focusing on make more of them. Yeah, it's funny, but that's what you want. You want more of them. That's going to force you to become better. Yeah, because competition makes us better anyway. That's true. You, you thought about it yet, Matty? Yeah. Look, I'm um, sure a couple of examples, I guess. Well, one of them is, look, I, I'm a highly trained, um, and have am, am highly skilled assassin. and financial assassin. financially li- financial assassin <laughs> financially literate. <laughs> Yet for many years in my businesses, I never really, I might have loose budgets or um, things going on, but never really set um, concrete, finite budgets that I I would monitor and track properly. I always used excuses like, well, I can can paint the picture in my head. I know what's, and and the truth was I could, um, but I just, slightly coloured in a few more areas <laughs> um, to make it palatable uh, to, to myself. Um, and then I've, you know, I've, I've taken that to a, another level more recently and just got a lot more serious around it and stopped giving myself excuses. Um, the other thing is I just, and I've done this in quite a lot of areas, so I'm, I'm not really sure where this might lead to in, as an example, but just setting finite um, yeah. non-negotiable deadlines for things. Uh, for example, and we're, we're on that, so earnings, the personal earnings. I mean, for years uh, I've said to myself, no, I'm just reinvesting in the business or or, or doing other things, which is just bullshit um, for me. Stories. To, stories to help me, allow me to be lazy or to allow me the opportunity to fail without failing. Yeah. And, and I've soft sort of... Soft fails. Yeah, soft <laughs> fails, bullshit fails, um, because you may as well fail properly and I've certainly done that too. <laughs> 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 that fucking hurts as well. But um, at least that was... A legit failure, which you can own, assess, and move on from. Um, so I, th- I think those sort of deadlines, and I've set deadlines around um, earning money, and I, I still know a lot of other people running businesses that I talk to, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get that money back out one day, or this or that." And I'm like, "You've got to make that decision mm. to change that now." Not and it profit, might not take for you, losses. yeah, it might take a little while to get there, but you've got to make that decision now. <laughs> <laughs> Conrad's mistress is just phoning in. Um, <laughs> His bucket list. <laughs> it's, it's, um, anyway, so you've got to and look at other examples. I mean, there probably are other examples um, 
and, and not just from a business sense, but th- that is one thing I like to use, a hard deadline, and, and you try and broadcast that with other people and, and, and create an opportunity to be held and kept accountable. And, um, and then you poke it. <laughs> it's just looking at the areas in your life where you're holding others accountable but not yourself. I know that like finances is one. There's plenty of examples of potentially oh, health and fitness. There's, you know, there's lots of different oh, yeah. things. I, I know things. our primary focus is serving people to become more mobile and healthier. And for myself, mobility is one thing that I fucking struggle with. And <laughs> not, not from what I've seen, mate. <laughs> so maybe, maybe to, to your elite levels you struggle, yeah, but well, not to the average punter. That, yeah, that I'm focusing on. Puppetry <laughs> of the gymnast. Yeah. The next part I want to bring to wait, the table, wait, What about yourself? What's that? What, what yeah, this has very, been a very... Uh, <laughs> What have you done? Uh, what, what's something that uh, oh, the biggest, the a biggest structure shift, that the you've biggest, implemented the to compensate? Shift I've made is is to focus on being of service. You know, instead of trying to make myself wealthy, I've tried to make others wealthy. That's that's my biggest focus at the moment. It has been for a long time, um, and through that, obviously, I will get the opportunity, the ability to to be more content and more happy. And if if wealth is there, wealth will be there. But I focus. My shifted my goal is to driving what I you know what I drive versus who I help drive what they want to drive. Give to I, give. I, I agree receive. with that. Yeah, give to exactly right. Give, to, give well, give to receive because you're allowed to receive. There's nothing wrong with receiving. Yeah, and it's really easy to sit in a position of judgment. And I've done this a yeah, lot. Too easy with um, you know, even with extended family and other people, and judge them. Even though I might have been trying to help them, or whatever, my frame was wrong, and I, I would I would allow the energy to come in, and I would take that energy in. And I, and I would get frustrated and and even though I was helping them, I was not getting anywhere. And I've really reframed a lot of that as well where I'm able to just, just help and if they don't take it, fine. Yep. And I'll just move on and keep doing what I'm well, doing. Well, that's not your choice. Your choice is whether you share, right? And mm. and, and further to what you were saying, JB, I, you know, I had to be okay with my failures to be able to share them with you guys and with everybody else, right? And, you know, there's been numbers of them. You know, failed relations are one. You know, losing a lot of money is another. Failed business structures is another. But I've had to share those with you guys so that you guys have the opportunity to learn. Yeah. Just that idea that fail is first attempt in learning uh, and that. Yeah. Well, you can't really serve without being being able to own your failures. That vulnerability. Exactly and right. that vulnerability because why should they listen to you? And yeah. like you can't truly serve anyone if you're not willing to give that up. Um, well, that deepest fear is not that we're inadequate, right? Mm-hmm. Where you give give to give to receive, and then they can you can receive through. I receive the through actions. great feeling, feeling great. Yeah, you know, through the actions that they the take. Value. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I see the the iceberg that you guys avert, and I I, I smile about it. You know, I, that's a great little hit. Has um just just out of curiosity, I know you want to go somewhere else, but with that that service mentality, is that something you've had to develop and work on, or it was a particular moment, or I wouldn't say develop. It's 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 to truly understand. Because um, I, I come from a family that, um, by the example from my mum and dad and, and the people around me, are all service people. Um, and so I just had to understand. Because, I, again, I, I, I grew up wanting to validate their existence and what they did because my mum and dad served the family. Dad worked two jobs. You know, mum, mum came here as a trained receptionist you know, from, from a third world country and, and peeled onions as a first job over here. You know, they served the family. You know, I watched that with my dad as well because he would – he would just work nonstop. If he was awake, he was working. And I don't just mean, you know, his, his business and or a job that, that he might have been at the time. It was, it was 24-7 uh, for the family, around the family. And, and to an extent, I couldn't, 
I couldn't go with it. Like even as a young adult, I couldn't I couldn't match that. I was like, how does he find that discipline, that intensity? Yeah. And it's because he's got the the service piece then so ingrained. And I'm starting. And I, look, I feel like I understand that significantly more now. I mean, I've made changes within my business a long time ago to even at one point we run a service-based business and I didn't know a lot of my client base and that was okay there's nothing wrong with that but I made a decision to do that the other way around and be in there and be providing more service but also then being now a father of three and and someone that you've become your dad haven't you in a in a lot of ways um and, and sometimes during the during my life I've done I've had to do everything I could to be the opposite of him yeah because there's there's some traits. Yeah, um, stamped like your band, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, there's some traits in my dad that just weren't going to work for me, yeah. and they're not. Like, and largely, most of that revolves around risk. Um, his inability to to exactly. handle a lot of risk, um, and it, it wasn't going to serve where I needed to go um, in my life to not be able to or to, to operate from such a level of um, risk adversity. Does that answer your question, though? Did I answer your question well enough? Sure. Just to keep pushing on, guys. I, I mean, it's a great. I, I love what we're getting, okay? Because I, I witnessed this, so I'm happy that we're sharing it. Um, the dependent, the, the dependency leap, encourage us to reject the individualistic conception of life that we are that we are all self-contained ships who must make our way alone, relying on no one. Brooks instead argues the journey to true to truly good to a truly good life includes acknowledging that we need others and and the opinions feelings and rejections of others uh, are just as important as our own. Only by accepting this and including others in our own journey can we become truly good people. So we talked about judgment before. Okay, I, I mean, judgments are an interesting thing, but opinions are only ever going to give us the opportunity to consider. Right? No, I mean, a, a, truly, a truly respectful opinion is only giving you more information. But and again, I'll bring it back to family. We have we have a natural aversion to receiving the opinions from our families. Yeah, and I know Justin. We we're talking about a couple of weeks ago is sometimes those closest to you have the solution and the answer that you're looking for, but you we're quick to dismiss it. I think the the first thing that comes up, which has been uh, super at the front of my awareness over the last week, is listening. Just sitting back and, and truly listening and, and taking it in. And, um, you know, I think um, when you're ambitious, you're you're also a, a man. You go into solutions focus and always want to fix solving, stuff, problem yeah. solve and blah, blah, blah. And um, just taking the moment to listen, um, take stock, acknowledge, and then do what you need to do or uh, feels the right thing to do with that information. Um and that's powerful, and that's a skill in itself. I think you know it's not something again. That's why humility is the key, right? Because you've got to get away from you allow yourself to 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 absorb. Yeah, and even just having having that awareness of like, oh well, actually maybe I'm, you know, people like to go through life thinking that they're great at this and this, um, and and then you've got to just take stock around. Well, actually, am I? Is that one of my strengths, or is that one of my weaknesses? Um, you know, and and just take those moments uh, to either acknowledge um, as objectively as you can. Um, yeah, it's that idea of like listening to understand, not to be understood, or like listening to pu- like to understand what they're saying, not to just formulate an answer. 
And I know I, I do it all the time when someone's telling me their problems. I'm already thinking, oh, what clever thing can I say? How can I prove that I have the solution and all the answers rather than truly listening to what that person's telling you? It, I mean, this part here talks to the melting away of the ego. Yeah, right, that idea that, that we can do it ourselves. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's to move away from who you believe you are to allow you to become who you need to be. The kids are a big one too, you know, um, being, a, being a father because I utilise their feedback a lot. Um, I, I probably – well, I couldn't apply the same level of discipline to my purpose than if I didn't have the kids. You know what that's called? Leveraging. Well, I do leverage yeah, them. Yeah, it's leveraging. And, so and leveraging I do leverage them. Because yeah. I, and, and the irony is I will leverage them to – and they will leverage you. Don't worry, your back pocket will figure it out. <laughs> sure, I mean, it's already figured it out. Um, you know, and they don't even have direct access yet. Um, but, you know, they, I will leverage them for that. And the irony is then I'll get a, oh, like, are you going to work again? Or like, And I'll have to fight through that, um, you know, whatever that judgment or, um, you know, just, just feedback yep. provided to me is. But the, the irony is it's a loop. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you, I, I couldn't apply the same discipline even to my purpose if I didn't have them to do it for. Uh, and so they, they do provide you with another level of communication and feedback and then you have – and that's where I think I was going to, you know, with the conversation about my, my father before. He had – you know, he, he had been able to sort of connect the dots and have that loop running which provided him that perpetual energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's key. I mean, but I'm glad we actually got the leveraging part out because leverage is a, is a massive part of of allowing success to happen. Acknowledging yeah. exactly, what you leverage your children on the basis that that's what you're doing it for, and so which means yep. to honour the leverage, you've got to communicate that as much as possible and trust that that will grow into what it needs to grow into. Yeah, and one one other aspect of leverage that you brought up before, Conrad, is good leaders create more leaders, and you, yeah, that's, that's you can 100%. amplify your message by. By um, by using others, there's only so much you can achieve. We've yeah. all got 24 hours, 365 days a, a and if, year. And if your ex-staff do what they're going to do, mate, your your broader message of impacting the world gets one step closer to being achieved. Yeah, hundred percent. And whether the, yeah, whether they're working with you or whether they're working parallel to you, yep. that's totally fine. Um, but the big thing I took from that is that idea of being vulnerable enough to say, I need help. There's this there's this thing I want to achieve and this impact I want to have on the world that I can't do on my own. I need your help. I need people to help me. I need a team. I need to listen and take on board feedback from other people. I need to delegate things that people can do better than I can. It's relinquishing that ego and saying... Decentralizing command. Yeah. Finding people who can do things Jump better on. than you. You can hold that vision, you can hold the power for the, the idea, but then getting people around you and surrounding yourself with the people that can amplify that. Yeah, well, a common um, a common trait that you know for for men in particular is that don't ask for help because they want to take it all on and like, no, nah, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. That's a job. Um, that's their DNA. That's their biology. Yeah, and so like working through that and at least acknowledging that and knowing when it's right because if you're going to take on everything and put the there is no there's no you know heroism heroism or leadership in doing that and um, you might think you're protecting other people or you are serving people by doing that but you're actually disserving them in multiple ways. So having that awareness and taking stock of reaching out that actually I need uh, need help so I can serve. 
and fulfill whatever your purpose or responsibilities are is um, super powerful. I know we're running out of time, so I just want to get through a couple of these and we can, we can talk to them at the end. Um, it's an interesting one. Energising love describes the concept of selfless love for others. Brooks argues that the feeling of true love for another human being decanters... Sorry, decanters. That's, one, that's the wine coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> the true Capitates. love for another human being decenters the self, forcing us to see outside of our own desires and feelings to serve something other than our own impulses. I think we've talked about that a bit, but it's interesting when you really, really figure out what, lo- what love really is. Yeah, true unconditional love, whether it's with a partner, especially when it's with children, is just knowing that the things you do and you're willing to do, whether it be, like you said, Matt, spending a long, long time at work, grinding away, knowing that I'm doing this for those kids. Or, and on the other mom. side, in the um, at home, when else have you been uh, knee, ankle, chest, face deep in vomit, yeah. <laughs> shit, everything else that like everything that can come that, out of a human body. Yeah. Well, and that, you don't do that until you have you have another reason to, to be around it. True. Our mate Uncle Dalai Lama here um, <laughs> defines love. He goes, What is love? Love is the absence of judgment. That's pretty big, right? Yeah, it's true. Whether you're if your partner's gone out, they've had a big night and they're potentially a little unwell in the bathroom, you hold their hair back and you don't judge. Before you go to bed and snore. It hasn't happened for, <laughs> for a long time. If your kids, are, especially if they don't know better yet, they're not toilet trained, they're not, they're sick because something's happened. Like you don't judge that. You just help them selflessly. Two more. The core within the call is how Brooks de- describes people who have gone beyond sim- their simple career ambitions and quest for money and success, turning their work into something larger than themselves. The ideal is to find work that satisfies our material needs as well as our moral needs and serves something more than just our own ambitions. That's, that's a pretty big piece. I mean, that's the evolution I've talked to you guys about. I'm still in the same industry doing the same thing, but I shifted my focus. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're in the financial services industry and perhaps initially you got into it because that was a pathway towards personal wealth for yourself. Yep. However, now you've developed into a way to help Australians across the country yeah. simplify and um, achieve financial success and, and freedom. So it's gone from a job to a calling to something that will probably exist beyond you as Conrad. Well, that's that's so talking to, to what you guys are talking about. It's, it's it is a, it is that it's bigger than you. Yeah, and has to be bigger than you. And that's what business is, right? Business is not about you. Otherwise, you'd be self-employed. Business is about creating an organism, an organisation that can exist for itself and for what it stands for. Um, But that is no different to a person creating a life that stands for something. That's the eulogy virtue stuff. If you look at someone like Steve Jobs is a good example who initially just had this great idea, he teamed up with one of his mates in their garage, and now Apple is is the, the world's biggest and highly valued company that exists and is still continuing to grow and thrive since he's um, passed away. And yes, you can look at the vision and how that's changed and perhaps the essence of Apple has been lost a little. However, he ingrained so much of that over time that it's still, it really is pushing in the same direction that he initially set. The last point, gentlemen, the conscious leap describes the moment when we leave behind our concerns for status symbols and the judgment of society 
instead devoting ourselves to the life we are meant to lead regardless of superficial consequences. I got a client that came in the other day that didn't want to use me because I live where I live and I drive what I drive. How does that make you feel? Well, I mean, you could, you know, I'd probably trade the Lambo in, mate. It's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit much, hey? <laughs> as an example, <laughs> as an example, it's the client's taken three weeks to come back to me. Funnily enough, they were referred to me through one of my most successful clients who's made in excess of a million dollars out of investing with me. So they've come to me from somebody who rents a house that is financially free. She herself, this client, that the, the, the lead that came to me, isn't financially successful, although she earns almost 10 times more than this other client of mine. Um, and went back to that client after telling me I'm too expensive um, and complained about, do I trust the bloke because he lives there and he drives that? Um, I've sent her an email, like I do with other clients I haven't heard from, and you know, said, you know, it's been a, a fair few to- a fair few weeks. So if you want to use it, no problems. If you don't, no problems. Let me know either way, and I'd love to know why you would, why you don't. Haven't heard from her. I do know that she's gone to another advisor, WAWA. But how did it make me feel, Jacob? Um, it's not the first time it's happened. Um, and to tell you the truth, it's been a journey for me to get to that point where that doesn't affect me. In fact, I actually told the person that referred the client that I'm probably not going to take her as a client. Because she's not, she's not aligned. That's it. You're, you know the reason you rent rather than purchasing, the reason you drive a simple vehicle rather than a flashy vehicle. Oh, it's V6. <laughs> simple vehicle. <laughs> it's Surprise, it's still on the road. It's because you... It's you, not why you drive You have different priorities. Yeah. You, you don't need a fancy car, a fancy house, the status for you to feel... I did go down that path. I did go down that path of earning a lot of money, spending a lot of money on where I lived and what I drove and what I wore. I did all of that. And to me, that wasn't success. I wasn't wasn't anywhere near as happy as what I am now than what I was then. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg wears just jeans and a hoodie from his unit college days. Like, he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. He could have whatever he wants. But they, they don't. They live simply. He's got to... But that last statement, like, that's big. That That's, um, y- you know, that is a journey. Yeah, of course wow. it is, man. I'm 47, mate. I, I'm telling you it's a journey. It's... <laughs> like, I feel like I've just started going down, like, that That's That's the reason why it's the last part of the book, right? Yeah. And I've done, and I've done a lot of work, I feel, already. Um, and, you know, that... I just, when you read that out, I'm just giggling myself. I'm like, for that... <laughs> That is something that takes a lifetime and maybe something that you never fully achieve. Um, you might get close. Um, and I guess the closer you go and closer you get is is closer to those eulogy virtues. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can – there might be the odd uh, individual, uh, you know, like I think Gary V is a good example of someone who broadcasts a lot of these good virtues yeah. as well um, and yeah. truly embodies them. Um you know, and and it's impressive to see the la- you know uh, the lack of judgment that he has, and it's easy to talk about having no expectations, having no judgments. Another thing, when you get thrusted into a moment, you're like, you are judging, and you do have these expectations, and you're like, and it's it's a it's a process. Giving without expectation is tough. It's a learned skill. 
I know Gary V does a great job of it, but every time I put out a Facebook post, even if it is purely to serve, you know, I'll, I'll check the clicks, I'll check the clicks back to the website. Like I'll, I'll look for that expectation. When you're at home with your partner, you, you'll do the dishes, you'll do the laundry, you do all these things, and it's to serve them and to, to honour them and love them. But there's a little part in the back of your head that goes, I reckon this is going to earn me some points and it's going to kind of come back my way. And it's not strictly anything wrong with that, but I'm still trying to learn to give as selflessly as possible. Just don't worry, your boys will teach you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't give, they'll take. Yeah. <laughs> Very selflessly. <laughs> so with um with those points the the bucket list or um is more about they're, they're, having they're the steps a to get list, towards a step. yeah do you um i'm conrad i'm super interested just with the level of i know journaling and self-reflection that you do uh we talked on the intro to this um off air around how ray dalio doc has documented kind of essentially his personal uh, uh principles yep. and his work principles and it's a bloody it's big. It's yep. heavy. It's a good, um, good book weight. Do you have like write out a, a bucket list? I don't have a bucket list per se. Yeah, I do have a recipe which I believe at some stage, like Ali's recipe that we shared. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a recipe which I believe, and I and I share it with you guys all the time. Um, and strangely enough, it does start with humility. Um, even before I read this, because um, that to me is the precursor to everything. But I do have a recipe, and and I do journal. You know, I'm not brave enough to publish a lot of my intimate thoughts at the moment. Uh, I do share a bit on social from time to time. Um, you know, one day I probably will get just balls deep and, and just get rid of it. I read it, I mean, because it's there. Um, I, I guess from the last, from the I think there's over 35,000 pages. Um, it's funny um, if you, when you mention... Words or pages? Your pages core like you start with humility because you'd give off the impression of the complete opposite to a lot of um people um of not having humility from a, a energetic level but um it's interesting <laughs> you know he talked about in the video like humility is um i just find it can be perceived as weakness for sure I think. but for me to be the best service possible to anybody in my in my vicinity i've got to protect me yeah and that's and that's what people see, people see that that exterior, but I need to protect me because I take care of so many people. Mm. It's the um, oxygen mask principle. Yeah, one hundred percent. And if you're brave enough, you dance around it, you know, and and you deal with it, and you get to know it. If you're not, you try and battle it, and you'll come off second best. Well, I guess that's also a, a good reflection of then, you know, you're not receiving judgment, therefore you're not projecting ju yeah. judgment as well, regardless um, of. How other people are, yeah, judging you and, and perceiving it's you. It's taken a and long time for me to get pace. to that point, mate. You know, yeah. I grew up, like I said to a lot of people, growing up, you're walking to school, getting teased and getting cool names. And it wasn't until that moment in year three where I decided, well, enough's enough. I'll try and fit in that I figured out that that's not where I wanted to be either. Um, and then it took me years to start to stand out again. <laughs> you know, so once you With give watermelon up, pants. once you give up your power, swaggy, it doesn't come back easy. Right, you're dancing with the devil. Yeah. What about that idea of the stumbler? There's that piece at the end of the article. It talks about the stumbler doesn't build their life by being better than others, but by being better than they were yesterday. Um, That's all my goal is, bro. That's all I talk yep. about. That's it. You know, it's, it's, I, I am my own teacher. I am my own enemy. I am my own fan. Um, you know, I am, I am who I am. 
you know, and I've got to deal with me. Yeah. And if I can deal with me, then I've got half a chance of being able to be present for anybody else. And at the end of the day, that's the only thing you can control is yourself. Yeah. But not that, but, but equally not owning or believing that you're just on that ship yourself. No, yeah. that's, that, but that's, that's, that's part of the journey too, right? That's the, because it's, if you focus too much on you and you go to get stuck in, you get too stuck in your head, it's, it's counterproductive. So it's. So the way I see that yeah. is that I am on a ship with other people. I have my own room. And I do. I mean, because we all have our own space, man. We need it, all right. And in that space, I can do what the fuck I want to do. I can, you know, I can, I can take care of myself. I can obliterate myself. I can deal with my own self my way, um, because I've got to get to know me. Yeah. And only you can control how hard you row that boat. Well, that's super. That's a really great, interesting analogy because I know a lot of people who don't go to the room. No, they don't. They just hang on the ship, yeah, and then they they just kind of hang out with everyone. They never go to the room and, and spend that time with themselves. You can't deal with yourself in alone time, man. That's people can't deal with themselves. That's the problem. Yeah, because problem. they're not happy with themselves, so they'd rather be hanging out with everyone they're, else. They're, it's not their identity. They haven't melted away from what they want the world to perceive them to be. Mm. Right? So no. almost the goal is being able to be on yeah be on the ship and also equally spend as much time in Respect the room. The time in the room, to. yeah. Which most people don't want to sit alone. No, in the room. No. It's dark. It's dark. It's the shadows. How we find that wine, guys? No. Organic. Really, you didn't like it? I said organic. You're looking drunk. <laughs> drunk. I didn't even drink it. Would well, you like taste mine? It. Can you taste well, it? I did taste it. You're probably the only one in this room who's going to appreciate it more than what I do. I know. Look, I actually, what do you mean? I didn't really get my life, mate. Let's talk about some judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. No, it, honestly, it's Mont, Mont Falcon. It, it is probably the that best. Was, it was nice. Yeah, the yeah, best no, organic wine um, that I've come across from the Parungarups. Guys, feel free to send us a case for the boys to try a few others. Um, <laughs> no, I'm genuinely nice. because I, I do rate your wine. So um, what do you rate it? Out of one thumbs up. <laughs> Well, I've only got two out of ten, but not seven. <laughs> Please, um, if you love the episode, guys, we'd love to hear um, what your thoughts are on on um, your lives and, and the journeys you're on. I mean, it's it's always great to share and sharing um, sharing anything because we can you know add to it. We can challenge you on it. We can push you down down a different path. Um, and it wasn't until I started sharing stuff that I got better. Um, so we'd love to hear from you. Comments. Uh, comment, share, and like. Um, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye.